You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. I was only 15 and I learned such an important lesson. 15 years of age. It was the summer of 1976. It was one of those hot summers that we get every now and again in Ireland. And I remember the sun just kept on shining for about seven weeks in a row. And my family, my parents, had bought a new business in East Cork. And it was um, a big holiday centre down there. And my dad said to me and to the rest of my family, we need to open a shop in this village as well. But there were already two shops in the village. And I said to my dad, but there are already two shops. Why are you opening a shop? And he said, tomorrow morning, I want you to go in and visit those shops and come back and tell me what you think. And so I did. And the first shop, about 11 the following morning, I'll never forget it. First shop wasn't even open. You see, the guy who had it didn't like getting up early. So that was that one. And the other shop was open and I went in there and there was an old lady behind the counter and I just said I'd have a look around and there was newspapers on the stand and I remember picking up a newspaper and I heard this voice screech at me from behind the counter. They're all ordered! You can't touch any of those! And I found out, and she told me, that other than bread and milk, you couldn't just come in and buy something there. You had to order it and a week in advance, and she would get it in for you. She didn't want to tie her money up in dead stock. And so I went back to my dad, and I told him, and he said, exactly. And that's why we're going to put our money in loads of stock, and we're going to have it in the shop, and people can come whenever they want, and we will have it in stock. And I said to my dad, and he was talking about stuff like toothpaste and talcum powder and all this kind of thing. Now, you might say, this is crazy, I never heard of a shop like that. That was quite common in rural Ireland back then. So this wasn't that unusual in a rural area. And I remember um, saying to my dad, you're going to tie up all the money in the stock. What if we fail? And my dad said, but what if we succeed? And I never forgot the look in his eye and that principle. And therefore, they put all their money in the stock and within about four or five months, um, all, almost all the customers in the village started shopping in our shop um, down there. And I would say about 80% of people started coming to us. One shop closed a year later, the other shop closed about a year after that. So I learned a very important lesson at the age of 15, that when people say to you, what if you fail, like I said to my dad, my answer is, and my nature is conservative in many ways, but my answer is, but what if you succeed? And that is what I want to talk about today. How far can you go? How far can I go in this current situation? I'm going to be looking at the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1 and the first eight verses. And I find this incredibly liberating, challenging and awesome to use that word. So I pray your word would feed our souls today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. My congregation is down the back down there, <laughs> the other side of the room. Michael said amen. amen. 
So this is a very interesting piece of scripture. Some of you, if you're around a while, will know it from before, and for others it's new. Let's read God's word. This is what Moses said to the Israelites, the people of God back then, as they were camped just east of the river Jordan. It was just after they had defeated two of the enemy kings, Sihon and Og. And Moses proclaimed the word of the Lord, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp. Go up and take possession of the enemy hill country. Go even as far as the great river Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go forward and take possession of the land that I swore to you, to your children, and to your children's children. This is Deuteronomy, the very opening verses, and the book of Deuteronomy basically from Hebrew means the second giving of the law. We had the initial first giving of the law, Ten Commandments and all that, but here it's repeated again with some extra flesh on the bones, and a bit like the fact that some of you will know these verses from before, while for others there it's all new. I would say this, and I would quote 2 Peter 1-2, where Peter said, or the Lord said through Peter, I know you know these things, but you need to be reminded. Now I challenge you, which one of us doesn't need to be reminded? Even of very basic stuff, it's important. The Bible isn't a novel, it's a spiritual book, and these principles need to come up before us regularly. Now we're looking at the Old Testament, and that was the Jewish law, and we're not living under Jewish law today. But again, let me quote the New Testament, because we interpret the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. Hebrews 10 verse 1 tells us that the Old Law was a shadow of the things to come. A bit like this guy's face on the screen behind me. Half his face is in shadow, half his face is in light. So we can interpret his face from that which has the light. And that's how we look into the Old Testament. It's symbolic of what we can do today. So here are the people of God. We're reading the Old Testament. And I want to speak into our situation here today. Almost everyone around the Western world, anyway, is in some kind of a lockdown. And I'm talking about going further. And already I can hear some people going, Tom, I can't even go five kilometers from my house. And you're talking about going even further. You know what? Do you know what my answer to that is? I get it. I get it fully. But my answer to that is this. Nobody goes anywhere without first going there in their mind and in their heart. That goes with bad stuff, but it also is true for that which is good. You want to start an affair with someone, you're going to do it in there first. You want to rob someone, you'll do it in there first. If you want to explore and see what God can do in your future, you're going to do it in there first. So for what we think is probably the last lockdown, 
Let's use this time to explore God and have a bit of faith and see what can we do and where can we go and what would God have for us for our future. This to me is really vital because the Lord is asking us, I think, to do this. As we're still in the first month of the new year, let's look even at the year ahead. So when we look at this part of scripture that I just read, the context is huge because we're told Moses spoke to them just as they were camped just east of the River Jordan. Now here they are and they're facing a big obstacle. They can't go anywhere. There's this huge river. You can go to Israel today and the River Jordan is quite small because of modern agricultural techniques. They're irrigating a lot of the dry areas in Israel with the water from the River Jordan. So it's a lot smaller today. We're also told elsewhere that at that time, the bigger River Jordan was in flood. So here are the people of God with this big obstacle. How are we going to get over there to this promised land? What is going to get us from here to there? To there? Now this could be you with your career, or finding someone who's going to be your life partner to marry, or a ministry, or passing exams, or your health, or whatever. And it's like it's this big, huge issue in front of you. You could Maybe it's the big issue of how are we going to get out of lockdown? How are we going to get out through this? It's like there's a big river in flood in front of me. And this is the context that Moses spoke words of faith. And he said it to them right in that kind of trapped situation. And maybe some of you are feeling trapped today. Well, perhaps God's word is speaking into your soul. Because I bring a word of hope and I am not naive. I'm not, nor am I a fool, but I am a Christian. And for 40 years, I have seen God's word come to play and change lives and change futures and deliver people from hopelessness into hope. Would anyone say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Moses spoke to them there and he gave them a bit of hope. And look at the first thing he does. Moses reminded the people of all that the Lord had done for them and how the two enemy kings had been defeated. Moses urged the people of God to use their memory as a weapon. Do you remember the time God delivered you there? Do you remember the time you were facing a big issue there and God answered your prayers? Do you? Can you remember times when God answered your prayers? Can you remember times when God really undertook for you? And that's what Moses was saying to the people of God back then. And that's what we need to remind ourselves of today. As we go forward in this new year and as we see the big barriers in front of us, the first thing we do is remember all of those memories where God delivered us. And using them as weapons and as armor, we can move forward. To quote a namesake of mine who was a worldwide, uh, or known all over the world as a great philosopher and thinker, Edmund Burke, he said, up in Trinity College in Dublin in the 1700s, those who forget their past are doomed to repeat those same mistakes. If we forget the past, 
we'll make the same mistakes. And equally, if we forget what God has done for us in the past, how can we have the faith? It's like a reservoir that builds us up. And we go, Lord, David said it in the Psalms. We read it all over. Lord, you delivered me there. And you answered that prayer. And you helped me through this. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have gotten through that. So using that as a weapon, we move forward. And then God speaks right into them. And he challenges them. And maybe he's speaking into your heart today. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. You've spent too long with that mindset. You've been too long with that heart. You have spent too long not seeing the potential of how God can move you up, move you beyond, see a bit of victory in your life, see God bless you in your life, see a relationship restored, see a new relationship come. You're too long at that mountain. It is time to move on. It is time to see God do something new. So God is challenging them. And I wonder how many of us today have been around the same mountain, round and round and round. Sometimes we need the word of God to just break through and to challenge us. But he doesn't just say, you've spent too long there. He gives them a way out and he shows the way ahead for them. Break camp, he says. So leave that place in your head, in your heart. Break camp and go up, not down, up and take possession of the enemy hill country. Break camp and go up and take possession of the enemy hill country. I wonder what hills are in your life. I wonder where the enemy has strongholds in your life. Is it in your mind that you just don't have the enthusiasm or the optimism to use worldly words or the faith? Is it that you can't see your way through it? You see, if you stop believing in your future, why will anyone else believe in you? Like if you're hoping to change career and you're going to do interviews over um, video conferencing calls or whatever, even over a screen, if you stop believing in yourself, why is an employer going to believe you? If you want to find a life partner for the future and you have no belief in yourself, why is some guy or some girl going to believe in you? If you want to start a ministry and your faith is on the floor, why is anyone going to follow you? Why? Break out. Go up and take possession of that enemy hill. It's a bit like when my parents, my dad was starting the business. If he didn't believe with this strategy that he could get extra business, he'd never have started it. I can remember when we started the church and there was about 12 of us. And one guy said, he said, what if for the rest of your life, you're just going to have a small handful of us meeting in a corner of someone's house? What if, 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 you know, how about the other if? What if I fail? But what if you succeed? What if you succeed? And these guys, unlike the previous generation who didn't have the faith, remember their parents? Their parents said, we can't go into the promised land. There's giants in the land. And there were. But their parents' God was a small God. But for these people, their God was powerful. What's your God like? Is your God a small God? 
Or is he an all-powerful God? Because the God I know heals the sick. Would anyone say amen? amen? The God I know heals broken hearts. He opens doors that no man can close. The God I know, and I've seen it all my life, does incredible, miraculous things. We went on and we grew to a huge church. I remember we started off and I remember we said, how much money do we have? And we had, the only thing we had was a small collection box. And at the time, at the end of the meeting, there was five Irish pounds or punts in it. I remember we laughed and we said, well, we can't do an awful lot with that. But thank God anyway, we'll manage. But you know what? God went on and blessed us and helped us financially to pay the bills and to move. I remember we were meeting in little rented halls and you know while the landlords we always had a good relationship they had to prioritize their own thing. I remember we said we'll have to get a facility. We never thought how can we get a facility? It costs so much. The planning laws are so difficult. There was a big flooded river Jordan in front of us as a church for all those issues. But you know what? God separated the waters. Hallelujah. And we went through. And we went through. And I can see the same in my own life with my marriage, my children, my grandchildren. So much in life. I can see how God separated the waters. But if I and if you aren't willing to take a step of faith, how are we going to see that? So he said, break camp and go up and take the enemy hill country that I swore to give to you, to your children and to your children's children. The promises of God are irrevocable. If God promises, you can trust it. But they're also conditional. They are conditional. So if we're going off and we take no notice of God and we don't walk in the ways of God, we can't expect his promises to come into being. And another very important principle is our faith is rooted in otherness. He's talking here about children and grandchildren. But your faith and my faith is so rooted in otherness. It's not just me, me, me. Remember the cross of Jesus Christ is vertical, which is a symbol of us going up to God. But it's also horizontal, which is where we look out to our brothers and sisters and those around us. That's primarily within our own family. It begins with our husband, our wife. And if we're parents, it's with our children and our children's children. But it is also with our friends, hallelujah. It is also with our community of faith. It is even with our city and with our nation. Our faith is not just a self-centered thing. It is something that is rooted in otherness. And it is with God. And yes, we are personally blessed. And God heals us and does great things for us. But we must look beyond. And so today, as you are considering your future this year, whether it's the big issue of the virus or whether it's your own personal issue, can I encourage you? What about your children? What about your grandchildren if you have them? What about your friends? What about your faith community? What about our city and our nation? So let's just in keeping with this today, let's think about our children and our grandchildren as well. It is so important and look at what God said through Moses to the people of God, go even as far as the great river Euphrates. I want you to have a bit of faith to go even that far, way out there, way out there. 
I want you to go that far. Now, this is incredible. If you look at the geography, I'm going to throw up a map on the screen. And I don't know if you can make it out or not. But here's a map. So here's a map of the Middle East. This green area is roughly the state of Israel, West Bank, that area over here. And for almost all of the time, the kings of Israel controlled that area. But the promise of God said, you can control and have possession right up to the river Euphrates. It's up here in Iraq. It is miles away. Kilometers away, it is so far away. Today you'd have to go through the Golan Heights, Syria, right across Iraq, bit of Turkey, and right over there. And yet God said, you can have possession of the land all the ways over there. There were 43 kings in ancient Israel. 43 if you count them all. Only one actually took possession of the land all the ways up to the river Euphrates, and that was the wise old king Solomon. Why is it that just one king out of 43 actually had feet on the ground and took possession of the land that God promised him? Now, it's vital to remember a few things. Did Solomon set sail for Cyprus and go north? Did he head over to the west, to Egypt? He didn't go to Cyprus. He didn't go to Egypt. Why? Because God never said, you can go as far as Cyprus or Egypt. God said the Euphrates. God had a boundary. God had a vision. So it's a bit like if you say, well, the Lord has told me I am going to marry, I don't know, some famous, if you're a girl, famous soccer player or a famous uh, model. You go, yeah, but did God say that? And this is the challenge. Has God said? Has he, has he said this? Is this part of God's plan for your life? Have you had that promise and it's been confirmed? And if he has said you for it is, and, it, and you know it's God, well then you can do what Solomon did. And this is the challenge. 42 of them, for various reasons, never took possession of the potential that God had for them. For many of them, their God was too small. And for a lot of them, they forgot about God and just got on with the day-to-day -day stuff. And God was a distant memory. And some of us, unfortunately, are like that today, particularly in the pandemic. Praise God for so many new people who've come to faith. But some people who should know better, they've just gone cold. And some of the kings of Israel, their hearts went cold. They won't. They never got to Euphrates. But Solomon got to the river Euphrates and his kingdom, all of this light yellow area, was how much he was the king of, whereas the rest of them were just in this small green area. Now consider your life. Are, your, are you limited? And is that limit due to your lack of belief that God could do it? I think that's true for my life because my nature is to be a little bit cautious and there's wisdom in that. But if God has said something very clear and you and I just don't take any notice of it, what are we missing out on? Solomon didn't go to Cyprus. He didn't go to Egypt. But he did go to where God said he could go. And this is a fantastic symbol of how God can bless us and how God can do such great things in our lives. 
When I speak next week, part two if you will, I'm going to be looking at how is it that Solomon got there? What was it that was different about him? What was it about his circumstances that he saw the river Euphrates as part of his inheritance, his reality, his day-to-day -day reality? Why was it only him? That's what we're going to be looking at next week. So you can tune in again next week for that. But for today, brothers and sisters, my question to you is, what's your Euphrates? Do you even have one? Have you heard God? Is there a dream, maybe it's a long time ago, that God planted a seed in your heart and it's never come to pass? Have you fainted? Many of us faint. I would say nine out of ten in my pastoral experience, nine out of ten believers are decent, good people and life can get hard and we faint in our faith. But I'm here today to encourage you and challenge you. Can you pick yourself up again? Can you look to the Lord and ask him to help? And can you be reinvigorated with a bit of faith to get courage to believe God and go in and conquer the land? The people Moses spoke to, they went in. God separated the waters of that flooded river. They had to fight battles and there are battles ahead. Let's not be stupid. Of course there are battles. The enemy will try and stop you and stop me from overcoming issues and from reaching the promised land and from going, going as far as the river Euphrates. But you know what? When we keep our eyes on God and we keep a humble heart and we do what we can and what we can't do we know God will do. We set our face to the river Euphrates and we get there. So what's your river Euphrates? Relationship, ministry, career, exams, health. God, the, the potential that we have. And I want to speak this, and perhaps I'm a voice in the wilderness, but I want to speak this in the depths of winter, I was going through ice and snow making my way into McCurtain Street here this morning. It's the depth of winter, it was still dark when I was driving. We're all on major lockdowns and is there any hope at all? And so many people have lost their jobs and people are afraid for their health and it's all very real. But so is our God. Would anyone say amen? amen. Our God is very real. And our God is well able to bring us to a place that we never dreamed possible. Is your God too small? Because we need to fight fear and we need to overcome it. If God has spoken, let's believe what he said. Hallelujah. I'm not naive and I'm not foolish, but I do have faith. And it's not just what is my or your Euphrates. What about our children's Euphrates? Have we given thought to that? Many parents have, but some haven't. It's not just you. Our faith is rooted in otherness. You and I, brothers and sisters, have such potential and so do our children and even our grandchildren. And you might say, I just can't see how the promises of God are going to kick in for my kids. They're not even, maybe you're in a, a parent of adult children and your kids 
don't even believe in God. You know, I have heard and seen with my own eyes too many young men and women who had turned their back on the God of their childhood, didn't listen to their parents, and one night in a nightclub, or one night when they had an accident, or one night alone in their room, and God broke into their lives, and they fell on their knees, and they turned their lives around with God at their centre. You know, you, your son and your daughter's river Euphrates may be a million miles away from you and even further for them, but it's not for God because the God we know is the God who can break through. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray in a moment for you, for me, and for our children, and even our children's children, that we would be re-envisioned and that we would see that our God can take us far further than we could ever see. Locked down, midwinter, our God is well able. Amen. And we will get through this and we will cross over and we will take possession of the enemy hill country, whatever that looks like for you and for me. Before I pray, I want to share two prophetic words. I just have two that I feel the Holy Spirit has given me. Um, let me share both of them are pictures or visions I had with scripture that came to me. The first one sounds a bit counterintuitive. I, this is a man looking in. Maybe you're looking in live or you're going to look in on catch up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whichever. But I saw a guy with his chest out like this and he had a bulletproof vest on and he threw the bulletproof vest off and he went into a battle full of confidence and initially when I was praying and this picture came into my mind I thought gosh this guy's up for it and I felt the Holy Spirit say this Proverbs 14 verse 16 the wise man or woman is cautious and will avoid unnecessary danger but the foolish man plunges ahead with reckless confidence I don't often give out words of warning, but this is, and God has said, you're going to take a bullet. Your confidence is based on your own ego. If your confidence is based on God, you will succeed. But if you're, as it were, going ahead just on your own strength, it's not going to end well. Can I appeal to you, if this is the Holy Spirit, do a, do a rethink, do a double check, go in with a humble heart and look to the Lord. The Old Testament is full, and the New Testament, of men and women who went into battle on their own strength, and even though naturally they should have won, they were defeated because God wasn't on their side. So that's one prophetic word. And the final one that I have is, I saw someone who had parked a car and walked away. It kind of was a thing of nothing. But I know this is what God is saying. There's another person who's parked their faith. You're actually watching today, whether it's live or on catch-up, just almost by chance, but it's not by chance, it's by the Holy Spirit. And you're watching in, and you're just stumbled across this, and what God is saying to you is, you've parked your faith, like someone would just park a car. And you're walking away, and you're doing your own thing. But the Lord would say this, Psalm 137, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my tongue cleave to the root of my mouth. 
And Psalm 137 again tells us, don't forget Jerusalem is symbolism of God's people and by extension of the Lord. You've stumbled across today, maybe you haven't looked in in a long time, and the Lord is saying, he's pleading with you. Go back to the car, to the vehicle. God wants you to move forward, but you've parked it up. You're walking when you could be driving. And the Lord is saying, don't forget me. Don't forget my people, because it doesn't work out well. But go and go to the place where you can move forward. So I submit both of those words. If they are of the Holy Spirit, they should speak to two individuals who are watching live or on catch-up. But I'm going to pray now, and I want you to join in with me. And I want you to just think of the Euphrates that's in your heart. For those who have had faith for a while, maybe it's a lost dream. Maybe it's a seed planted from a long time ago. And maybe it's not for you at all, it's for your children. Or maybe even your children's children for some. Maybe you're new to faith and you're not sure if God has said it, but you know, God has something for you. And I want to see men and women whose vision stretches to that far away place because God doesn't have boundaries like we have boundaries in that sense. So let's pray. For every man, woman, boy and girl who has had a vision or a dream planted in their heart that is your will, that's been forgotten, I pray resurrection now and I pray renewal into your lives and may God give you the faith to go and aim for that river Euphrates in your life. I pray for those who are praying for children or children's children. Maybe we ourselves have reached our Euphrates, but we've yet to see the next generation to achieve that. Hallelujah, our God is intergenerational and your promises keep going. So we pray for the children and the children's children represented by your word. And we pray that our children and grandchildren would have vision and faith to cross not just the River Jordan, but go to that distant river Euphrates. I pray, O oh God, everyone watching in would see that our God is all-powerful. He is the God above all gods. King of kings and Lord of lords, would anyone say amen? amen. He is the God we worship. And we pray now, Lord, that you would help us to go further and to see that you are the God who is a God of miracles. Mm. I pray you would see a miracle and you for us and for our children and for our communities, our friends, even for our city of Cork, even for our nation. We pray that we'd be a people of faith. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen. Amen.